big drug dealer, baby. 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 It's a good time, you know, to do this when um, uh, things are happening on the Sabbath. So, you know, it's a turning point usually during the week. And, um, you know, we have all these acts of war, and you know, poisoning the food supply and um, destroying uh, 
you know, um, farms and uh, making sure that by next year there'll be uh, the markets will all be shut down, all the supermarkets, food markets, food stores, and it will in fact be illegal to have food. And I just wonder how far did you guys want to go with that? Because, see, to me, I mean, maybe I'm a simpleton here, but when someone attacks your food supply, that's an act of war. So you retaliate by taking out the people that that you know are behind the attack, or at least take if you could take the leaders out, you take them out so that you could have your food supply. That's a basic... Um, it's a basic kind of like war 101, right? So you would, you know, a war is really a, like a lawsuit uh, for territory, for property, for real estate. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a dispute over resources, isn't it, usually, right? That was all the, you know, all the fighting between the Spaniards and the Indians and all that and all the different... Uh, Pueblos around here, that was always, it was always about territory. You know, you, the one tribe's encroaching on the other tribe's hunting grounds, a food supply. So they go and try to develop a plan of attack so that their food supply, their hunting grounds, are not uh, poached. Now, to me, it, the plan would be to take out the people especially the leadership, whoever came up with the plan, to take or try to take by force, you know, or or just an out-and-out battle, uh, you know, mano-a-mano with the uh, with the enemy who is trying to occupy the uh, the food supply land, the hunting ground. That's just a, a basic law of survival. So in this situation... Um, one of the problems is that um, there's usually a response time to an act of war. Like, for example, the fuel was cut off for the Japanese that would you know, try to trigger them into World War II. And then there was a, 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 a period of time before the attack on Pearl Harbor. Do you remember that? And um, so... You know, it was fairly predictable because the, the, the Japanese needed fuel. And so if you take the fuel supply away, then they want to take out the source, the Navy, the, uh, the, 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 the military of the United States. And they'll fight on all these islands over that territory because they need that, that fuel is like lifeblood. So let's just consider me to be an alien, and I know something about history, and I've you know read about history, read about World War One, World War Two, the Civil War, the Peloponnesian War, the you know the the Roman Wars, the uh, the retaliation of the Hun, <clears throat> Genghis Khan, Constantine, you know. So, and then I come here. And it doesn't even fit the Bible, because when you take someone's, if you steal their food, then they they would just die, unless they um, 
defended themselves. You know, I'm just kind of marveling because I'm just thinking about this. How, how could you? It's not. It's it's not written up in the Bible. It's not in the Book of Revelation at all. Not any way, shape, or form. I've I've scoured it, and there is nothing that explains, or the story of Sodom and Gomorrah when. Remember when Abraham was trying to save people there? Because, you know, his Lot was there, and Lot's wife was there, and the family was there. There were social ties there of people that weren't corrupt. There was, you know, there was the corrupt, mainly, system, and then some people that weren't corrupt. And so he was pleading. He said, well, if there's 100 righteous, would you spare the town? Sure, for 100 righteous out of 100,000, yeah, I will spare the town. So there's a formula there about what God will do in terms of sparing the people, it can get down to almost like 0.01%, and God would spare the wrath, you know, the, 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 the you know, total destruction of all people uh, for that small percentage of righteous that, that you know, believe in him, believe in God, and, and, and follow his ways, you know, follow him. And Jesus, today... So you would plead with the Lord, as I have many times, many, many times. I said, Lord, if, uh, you know, as per the righteous in, in America and how many are there, you know, in the beginning, despite all the people that claim to be Christian and all that, there was only a very small percentage of actual people that, that you know, didn't hate God. And the people would say, I don't, I love God. I go to church every week. So I didn't understand that. How can a person get to that? You know, I guess that's what uh, the Bible called being double-minded. You would be with the devil but worship God in the church. And then you would, you know, abuse your children, but yet, you know, have them brought up in the same system, you know, in order to st- keep standing. If you don't abuse your children, you have no social standing in America. at least prepare them for what they're going to see. Suggesting to them that when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And if the kids are obstinate or rebellious, then that eventually, in a satanic system, they go after the, they go after the parents. And they excommunicate them from society on account of the kids. That's why there's... Uh, um, you know, that's why there are murders in that regard. So in this situation, though, a little bit different than, you know, the ugliness of our society and the ugliness of all institutions in America, because everyone is corrupt and beholden to the beast. Everyone is tied to the evil one, every single one, without exception. With The idea being it wouldn't be built, and, and everyone believes it. So people have conformed to that and then gone to church thinking they're going to get off the hook. And I don't know where they got that idea. I don't even see how you could come up with that. And eventually saying, you know, because I was saying what I was saying, they said that you're so odd that, you know, if you're right, I'm going to kill myself. It's like, but it's not me. It's, it's you know, the Bible, the truth, the word. I mean, you know, uh, the... <laughs> 
Me? What do you mean? Like it's an opinion? I offer no opinion here. Let me just tell you straight up. If you don't, you know, the way it is with death, a friend was asking me about what my near-death experience was like. Did I see a tunnel of light? Did I see, did I meet Jesus? Did I have this great uh, moment? I just said, no, in my case, it was like being kind of in this hallucinatory dream world and then half in this world, half in the other world, and kind of just slipping away. And there really wasn't anything about me. (laughs) You know, me, like I'm important. You know what I mean? They just slip away. Nobody really, you know, there's no, you know, all these people have had these near-death experiences that have these amazing experiences. It's all uh, narcissistic, you know, it's all about them. It's all the angels gathered around and Jesus showed me the thing and showed me the heaven and showed me everything and there was so much love. I never wanted to come back and I saw all my loved ones and it was unbelievable. It was just so wonderful on the other side. And it's all about you, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, in my two near-death experiences in my life, it was never about me. One, I was not conscious of being unconscious. I was not conscious of not being there. So it was just like, you're not conscious of the darkness, of the blackness, of the blackout. So there's no one there to be conscious. So that's the first one. And then I woke up and it was like a, I came into a dream state And then eventually that dream state became a waking state from a state of not being self-reflective. In other words, imagine, if you will, you know, okay, there's darkness. And then imagine not being aware that there's darkness or not being aware that you exist at all. See what I mean? There's nothing, right? Experiencing that for real is a very... um, important milestone in understanding, you know, real reality. There was no one there to greet me with a holy kiss. There was no one to be aware of 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 no one to be aware. aware. So imagine no one to be aware that okay, that would be a perfectly egoless state. There would be no I, because there's no uh, cognition of I, or no understanding, or no awareness of any I, or you, or it, or a subject, or anything. There is not consciousness to know that there's not consciousness. Okay, so that's one near-death experience. I know the Christians always get mad at me for that one. Second one, um, I'm on death watch when I get to the hospital, and they're expecting a cardiac arrest, and they have me hooked up to the fusion center in the near the ER where they have all these banks of monitors, and they monitor you know people that are at you know risk for uh, sudden cardiac arrest and death, and uh, so I can just tell you with all the. I was sort of slipping. I was in a dream where I couldn't really focus on anything here. I couldn't read anything. I couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't, it was, 
just kind of drifting into another world and had a whole other world that was you know feeding me information but it was you know I could have just drifted into that world and not been aware that I ever was in a in a life like this one so that would be the best way to describe it to you that wherever I was going uh, I had lost awareness of where I had where I had come from I was just there okay so that's the the other one Neither one is the stuff of, say, the, you know, the Netflix series of the near-death experiencers. Neither one fits the uh, late-night talk shows. Neither one fits the paradigm of what people want to see and what the producers out there are trying to you know, find people that are witnesses because the public really likes to be told there's somebody you know, loving you from the other side and you're going to have all the love you could ever you know, imagine, and, you know, you would be a, a double-down, reflective, reflected, reflected, reflective, you really reflected, really, really focused on it, reflect, big, big, big close-up. This is your moment. Your big close-up. Mr. DeMille, your big close You had to get the hair and makeup in here. This is, yeah, let's frame that up. There's your big moment, look. And you're surrounded with all your loved ones and all the animals that you lost and all the things that you loved about this world are just all at your beck and call, all for you entering into this world. And everyone is... When the actual reality of it, if I'm right, would be something people wouldn't want. They would go for... uh, as much longevity as they could get. Figuring, you know, they would definitely never criticize this life again. They would consider this life a really great gift, and they got to keep it going no matter what into as old of age as they can because death is completely unacceptable because you're not there, yet you are. But you're not there where, like, you comb your hair or see yourself in a mirror. And I sincerely doubt you see anything to do with, um, I mean, I don't know what you would see, but, uh, you know, this sort of weird dream state I was in, this sort of hallucinatory state of, you know, if you're if you're in a horrific situation or have a horrific consciousness, as I am a lot of the time, where I'm just in a state of trauma and PTSD, you know, it's kind of like, well, then that's what you're going to experience on the way out. Trauma. Mine is mainly from betrayal of people. A tremendous betrayal of people to the point where I don't ever want to see a human being again half the time because I'm sick and tired. I got to get the knives out of my back. Betrayal of people. That's been the story of my life. Betrayal, 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 betrayal. So what do you think you're going to get in death? It's going to be similar horrors, only they're going to be more supernatural right because things can crawl and fly in different forms and talk about chimeras everything's a chimera there you could be one there's no limit to what the imagination could cook up maybe it's maybe that's the last thing to die your imagination and then you finally go black but see i had a philosophy teacher once and um His name was Mr. Berman. And he was a very troubled soul. 
And he would tell me that, um, you know, or tell the class that, well, okay, let's say it's like, okay, like what Buddha, you know, Buddhism, a candle blowing out, you don't know where it went, you know what I mean? That's, that's pretty accurate. The candle blowing out is really more accurate. But that was describing nirvana. But a candle blowing out, where did the flame go? You're not, right? It's gone. And he said, well, if it is blackness, if it is just non-conscious unawareness, which means you're not even, you know, there's no pain. You're not aware that you would, that you would be in pain. You're not aware that there would have been someone in pain. You're, you're unaware that you're unaware. So he said that if that's what it's like, I, I, he looks forward to it because that would be very peaceful compared to what his life has been. His life had been, I mean, he was a traumatized soul as well, and I recognized a kindred spirit. That's why he was teaching at, uh, that was at a junior college. I took that, uh, that course, and that's why he wasn't in a big, you know, at USC or UCLA or Stanford or somewhere like that because he had the intelligence, but he was troubled, very troubled. And um, I was troubled too. He said, well, if that's what it is, that sounds pretty peaceful to him. I'm, I'm, I think it's great. You know, fine. And he didn't look like he was going to live too long anyway, old guy. So, um, you know, so that was, okay, so that was that. And, um, you know, that was his explanation. And if it is something like, okay, you know, what people talk about heaven and, you know, the, the pearly gates and the uh, seeing all the loved ones and or the tunnel of light or any of these other stories and mytholo mythologies that go along with death, um, he was fine with that, too. In other words, whatever it is, is fine. And that's kind of the way I look at it. If it is this, you know, the unaware of unaware, well, that's perfect peace, folks. I mean, that's like you're not, you, you're not there to be aware of that you're, you know, at, at, at a lack of peace. So it's okay. Um, what fades is as you go into death, I think what fades is that attachment, that, that desire to be with people leaves, right? You start becoming unaware of them. You start letting go of their hands. You start letting go of this experience. And now, do you get reincarnated? Do you get, does your energy or does it, is there just one big cycle of birth, death and are these souls uh, cumulative? Do they go on? Well, you know, that nothing I said would cancel that. They could. There could be that a period of blackness. And it, like when I came to consciousness in the coma, it was like being reborn. I came into awareness of, uh, of uh, you know, people in the room. And I became aware that I was aware. And then I became aware that I was in a body. And I slowly became aware that I was in a hospital. And, um, and then I, I woke up. And that was, to me, it was like I felt I was being born. So I was being born. And people reacted that way to me. They, they said that uh, there's no way you recovered from that coma. That must have been God. Indeed, it was God. There's no other way. I already took enough phenobarbital to kill 50 people or something. So there's no way that I survived. And oftentimes I've thought I was reincarnated. That when I got up off that, that bed in the hospital, I wasn't who I was, and that hospital isn't where I went, and, it, 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 and I wasn't the same person anymore. 
And uh, I just thought that that I was another, I, I had been born and then I was becoming aware of this reality. And uh, this is where I began. In other words, I didn't go through a, a childhood phase. I just went to a teenage phase. But I, I often felt that, you know, I woke up and uh, life went on. And so then I kind of had this idea that, you know, people die, come and go all the time, and then they just pick up in another life. There's a, there's a period, the period of blackness that I talk about is, is you know, probably temporary. Well, I won't say it's temporary. I'd say it's part of the process. The, it's not blackness. You're not even aware it's blackness until you become uh, somewhat self-aware and you're just at that pre-dawn time of birth, uh, that pre-birth time where you start becoming aware, oh, darkness. But before that, there's no awareness of any awareness or of any awareness of any awareness of any awareness, nothing there's nothing to, to even, you can't say nothing because no thing like nothing exists. And then there you are born. So I get the idea, well, okay, so, you know, perhaps I've died a few deaths. And then I just picked up, in, you know, and I don't remember them because you don't remember. And, and you know that. People don't just wake up and go, oh, I was so-and-so. You know, they don't do that usually. Sometimes I do, I guess. But uh, there was no awareness of where I'd been because whatever dimension I woke up in, whatever universe I woke up in, it was just like the one I left, but then I didn't have a, a recollection at the time, at the, at the initial time, that I had left anything. I just picked up and went on. And I remembered the old life. And I picked up and went on. And then I realized that people can be coming and going all the time in all these different universes and parallels and different things where they could be dying and awake and dying and awake. You die over here, but then you're aware of yourself over there. And you don't start it as a baby. You could be at any stage along the timeline. So I'm kind of inspecting that now. Maybe I'm in that state now because I don't feel the same as I did before I went to the hospital just you know, in, in mid-June. Uh, do not feel the same at all. And um, and so then you wonder, well, what does life have in store for me? It must be different now than it would have been. And you know, have you have to inspect your life and say, well, what were all the things that led to, uh, you know, congestive heart failure and, you know, uh, urinary tract, you know, infection, sepsis, and all these things that, uh, why so much overwhelm? Why so many things wrong? Well, you had a breakdown on all fronts. So got me, obviously, you better change your lifestyle. What are you doing? Where are you working? What, what, what are your pursuits? How are you doing that? And then I realized, what? Well, yeah, the one thing that you want to do if you get another chance, even if this may not be the same place I was in before, is you realize, well, you got to make changes. Like, whatever you're doing, if, if you're being stressed out, you better stop doing it because you're just going to nosedive again. You stop doing it. You know, and... Um, it's also not good for people to sit and stare off into this space either, doing nothing. You know, man is meant to work. Man is meant to, to be occupied to work, not, 
you know, not sit there and, you know, and if you sit there and just, you know, you're fed three times a day and you don't do anything, you're basically, you know, a baby that's not developing. Prisoner. Well, a prisoner, a baby, whatever you want to call it. You know, we have a lot of those in this country, unfortunately. You know, they, 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 whatever job they're doing is, is, a, is a, you know, it's, it's, it's much like sitting there doing nothing. Right. In fact, now they don't even have to go to the office. They can just like phone it in on the computer and really, and they go, "Oh, wow, that's really stressful. That's a lot of work." And they, you know, and they sit there, you know, feeding themselves, and you know, upset when when they don't, you know, if they don't get, you know, the the they don't get an increasing amount of pay. They're like, "Oh, I'm going broke." Well, people are going to be without money very soon. Yeah, very soon, and that will actually be a cleansing. I think we need a money fast. You know, not not in money fast, but a provision fast. Because the more provisions we've had and the more money we've had, the more opportunity for credit, the more, more of all those things we've had, we've just run this thing into the ground. We're better when there was a depression. Hate to say it, but that's, that's, you know, unfortunately people don't show their best unless they're in some kind of emergency like that or some kind of, you know, I'm sure an alien invasion would provide, you know, uh, a, you know a purpose. But the idea of um, having a lot of extra time and leisure, having a lot of leisure time to become decadent with what they pay you at some mindless, meaningless job is um, a good way to atrophy. If the thing is not challenging you, you shouldn't do it. But at the same time, you shouldn't do nothing. There's a balance. Well, I I mean, the best thing to do is probably ask, ask God, Lord, what should I do? You know, go to go to Pakistan and work in the streets. You know, uh, you know, go to wherever they need people. What? I mean, what? What is it? What? I'll do it. And when as people get desperate, they're going to be more and more inquiring of the Lord. Lord, what should I do? I'm I'm not married to anything. I don't tell anybody to do anything. You you just do what the Lord would have you do. And then if it's if the Lord would have you change course and do something else, so what? So what? You know, but I've worked my whole life to get this thing done, and now I'm, you know, so I don't feel sorry at all for you. You, that's a gift. Lord's breaking you out of your slavery. You should be thankful. See, so that was another way to look at everything. I don't mean to be so harsh. I, this is like a lesson I'm going through now after the my own near death experience, and like what life means. And I'm looking at those areas in life where there, you know, I'm stressed. And it's not worth it. There is 100% waste of time, complete waste of my time and waste of health. To be worried, concerned, or even, even give too much thought to something when our thoughts should be on, um, you know, what the Lord would have us be doing, you know. Right now, my thoughts are in my, my studio, my recording studio, because, oh, I wish I could take you guys in there right now. And, and show you the sounds that I'm working on. It's better than any, any composition I've heard from any composer. It, may, it puts me into the, uh, into the area of beating them all just by playing a few notes. It's not even fair. It's not even fair, but it's that Waldorf iridium with the aftertouch. It gives, the, it, it gives you the, the composer's touch, like film composing or classical, you know, big orchestrated composing and um it's just it's an incredible uh, tool i'm going to use it for um 
because I realized when I was sitting to play yesterday, I practiced. I got I had my bass. I was running my bass through a. Oh, some of you guys would know. I've lost touch with all. I lost the names of the gear. I've just it's like my mind was wiped. I, I just couldn't remember anything, and so I started practicing. Um, you know, and my fingers were hurting a little bit. And uh, but I but I had all these tunes in my head that I was playing on the bass, and none of them were anything that I was familiar with. I was like, "Who are you?" And then I went to play the synth. It's like, "Who are you?" I never played anything like that before. Something happened, like some kind of rewrite of my soul. You know, so it, it's. Um, I know in the Zephyr Report. I sound kind of. You know, as I've I've come back with some fervency, but I'm not the same. You know, there's a little more subtle difference there. I never used to talk about things like this, you know, and um, I wasn't like I am now before on the Zephyr Report. It was much more one-dimensional, I think, you know. But it was what you know. I just whatever God wants, it's fine. But in the studio, I don't know that person. And they were playing these like beginnings of tunes. I mean, I was a little bit clumsy, as I had I had a sequencer going, um, a Dave Smith uh, Prophet Six, and I had the, um, the Waldorf Iridium going, and then I had a um, Trillium uh, bass module on the you know as a as a computer instrument, which is the finest. I mean, that sounds that's um, that's by the people that make Omnisphere, and Omnisphere is like the go-to synth for film composers. That's what they all use. Everybody in Hollywood uses that. It was really some nice sounds. Yeah. Well, the sounds, see, what I loved about the sounds yesterday is I'd never heard them before. I haven't heard them anywhere, not on commercials, not in movies, nowhere. And I thought, do I have a different synth? And a lot of guys bought this synth. This is a hot, hot thing right now, this Waldorf Iridium. This is like the thing, right? This is the thing that's going on. And then the Dave Smith, um, um, the Prophet Six, I haven't had out in years. I, I, a couple of songs I did with that was uh, I did uh, Devolution. Remember Devolution with Kelly? Dun 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 dun. And then there was like a little sequence. I did. I used that sequencer a couple of times. And what you can do with it is you can. Um, you know, you can. I, I probably should have had it with a keyboard, but you can write. Um, a sequence and store it, you know, your own sequence. Or you can take templates. They have like hundreds of templates and you can you can then listen to it. Then you can alter it to be, you know, to fit what you've got. You can alter the tempo and then you can do yeah, like what you do with it. So it's, I'm not sure it's going to last in there, but, I, you know, it, it, it gives you a little something different, you know, which is, is interesting. And you can sequence on the... Um, uh, on any outboard synth, usually the Waldorf, you can definitely sequence on that. And um, uh, their sequence program, there's one by the guys that make Serum, which is an excellent uh, synth software synth. They make a thing called Cthulhu, which is a kind of a sequencer, but then they put in the Bach chords from, uh, you know, from Bach. You know all the all Bach chords and Bach sequences, so you can a actually have a, like a Bach sequence. People don't know it's Bach, but you know that that that's programmed in there, and so you can you can come up with some very unique. And a lot of people have, and I guess one of the one of the things you want to do is, 
Well, I'm in no danger of copying anybody. I don't copy anybody unless I'm doing a cover. Even with a cover, it's not like that person. But um, I do enjoy the sounds. It's just that I'm looking at my fingers <laughs> and I'm saying that, you know, for example, okay, so I would play C, uh, uh, C D, F sharp, A. And C, D, F sharp, A, or down from, you know, the, the A, uh, F sharp, E, D, uh, A, F sharp again, you know, something like, something like that. And I've never played anything like that. I mean, that's just not something I usually, I get on the black keys sometimes and I work that and sometimes the white key, but never this sort of these combinations of major and minor and, and, you know, diminished and this and that, all these uh, music terms that you would, you know, I'm like, well, why did you do that? And then the only thing I can liken it to is a near-death experience. So, so this is, so here's what I think the producers in Hollywood are missing. Well, usually they're missing the boat and everything else in their search for more decadence. So, you know what I mean? In their search for fame and fortune. So the, thing they're missing is they're focusing on the death experience and on these, you know, cliche tunnel of light things. And what they're missing is they're missing this. There was a, there was a movie that dealt with a guy that survived a plane crash. And after that plane, do you remember the name of it? And after that plane crash, he was able to, uh, you know, he had like a, he had a fear of heights and then he would just walk to the edge of a building and walk along the edge of a building. Like he just didn't, you know what I mean? He had, he was, completely fearless at that point was it called fearless it could have been and um see that see that's the interesting topic right there and that was a very innovative movie and i think um yeah you know i mean it's a one one trick pony. don't get me wrong it, it, it's not the best movie in the world but i mean it was a, definitely a great concept um you know i'm i'm, I'm reluctant to 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 uh because a friend, you know, recommended me watch the near-death thing, and I lasted, you know, just like the last movie I tried to watch, you know, 20 minutes, and that's it. You know, my my uh, attention span just doesn't doesn't go beyond that. And it's, it's now I know it's not the film, it's me. I'm not the same as I was. I give something five minutes and turn it off. I, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I just walk away. And and one, I guess one reason I do that is because I'm very conscious of time, which I wasn't before, how precious time is. So something, you know, it, it may be perfectly good. It could be, you know, David Lean's Lawrence of Arabia, and it's like, but that's not what I need right now, and plus that would take three and a half hours of time, so I'm out of here. You know? It doesn't matter how good it is or bad it is. It doesn't matter. So I'm going to correct what I said to... Uh, Michael and his recommendation, and then uh, my other friend that recommended the the near death uh, series. Um, both cases, well done, very well done. Movie people should see, very good. But I'm not the person to recommend anything to. I think the same thing with a book. I think I've I've started a few books lately, and just a couple three chapters, and I'm done. And so. Uh, in the studio, I come up with all this stuff. I used to just go ahead and keep going. You know, like yesterday with a, a session like that, being all inspired with these sounds I never heard before, and I'm like, I just walked away. It's okay, I'll be back. I'll go in there again. Maybe it will yield. I did record the, the, the synth. 
I did make a recording of because I was so amazed at the aftertouch. You know what aftertouch is, right? When you you hold a key down, you get this sound, this like preset sound. It's like wow. Let's say it's an orchestra. I was playing a thing called sad orchestra. So it's an each note is like an orchestra playing, but it's different parts of the orchestra depending on how you use your uh, your uh, your wheel. You know what I mean? The not the not the pitch wheel, but the other you know the expression wheel. And then if you leave your finger down on that key, say you're playing a key, say you're playing a D, you leave your finger down, it doesn't matter what key it is, but you're playing a D, let's say. You leave your finger there, and all of a sudden there's this like other chorus that comes in, and as the other one kind of, and then it blends sometimes, and then it carries on from there. As you're holding that key down, you're getting like a whole other sequence of things happening before you go to the next note. And, you know, it, it's it's... It's extraordinary. It's a, you're a you're a one man orchestra with that, and so I you know I'm 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 really happy that it was recommended. I got it because I thought um, a friend recommended it, and there was all kinds of pain and death, and you know not feeling good. I was feeling terrible. I was for the last three years. I was falling asleep at everything. I was stressed out of my mind. I was. Uh, you know, gained a whole bunch of weight. I was, you know, retaining fluids and, you know, it was impacting my kidneys, which are, you know, which they thought were blown and just <laughs> terrible health the last three years. And, yeah, yeah, you can peg it to when my daughter died, you know. And then, um, you know, I was running around with, uh, you know, we made three films in three years, and that was, you know, uh, a great experience, but, but also, you know... Um, I think cost, you know what I mean? I would, I would do it differently this time. <laughs> you may, no, if there's any stress, he's just like, except no, I'm out of here. Don't, I don't, I don't care. Thanks. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing's going to be off the cliff tomorrow. If we don't get this done, I don't care. Goodbye. Heading down the beach now. See ya. And that's kind of where I went, but that wasn't a conscious effort to become more like that. Same thing in the studio. Oh, that's too hard. Uh, I can't figure that out right now. I'll come back another time. Okay, see ya. Where it used to be toiling and sweating over this. I got to, you know. So, you know, uh, and I, I don't know if the sequencer is going to last. The Prophet 6 is not as clean a sound as, as I would like. You know, and I'm nothing against Dave Smith. It's just that, you know, synths have, have really evolved since the Moog and the... Uh, the, the the Dave Smith instruments and and others have really taken a big leap forward. I'm sure that I'm sure that Moog and, and and Dave Smith also are taking this big leap forward as we get into just much higher level. You know, you know the you know 64 bit and even 256 bit sound. You know what I mean? It's just like there's no difference between live playing and and what you play on a keyboard now. There's just no difference. It's just identical, right? And as AI comes in, it's just going to be like, there's no need for orchestras anymore. Hate to say it, and pretty soon there'll be no need for actors. There'll be no need for directors either, or writers. There'll be no need for any of us, or speakers. You can you can just put on a hologram of Zeph talking, and I I may you know be long gone, you know, from this earth. 
and you'll get someone a, a composite exactly and I'll be saying the same thing and they'll go on for three hours and you know they'll, they'll, they'll they could emulate the Zephyr report you know being on again off again here and there you know unpredictable and uh just uh you, you know um you know you'll be in a realm of solipsism it's just you and everything around you is fake and it's a prison and there's nowhere to go and there's nothing you can do and all the smart people have killed themselves because the only way out is to die yeah people figure that out and uh you know the reason that we don't kill ourselves is because god because if we do then we fail god and if we fail god then you know there's consequences there that I I fear God. So, yes, I keep on. If he wants, you know, right? I could have died, you know, last month, but he wasn't done. So we keep on. You don't you don't keep on like, oh well, I guess I gotta keep on, and now I gotta, or, you know, here we are with the same people in the same shitty situation and the same betrayals and the same liars, and here we go again. Instead of that, it's got to be, okay, like, like, okay, that was last time. This time it has to be something different. Right? It's got to be something different. It's gotta be, you got to find the, uh, the, uh, the optimism in everything because the alternative is not aware of not aware. And you don't want that or not having any control over where you wind up. Another, another life somewhere and you, you have no control. You just wake up and... You realize, hey, here I, you know, like I'm here, but I'm not exactly where I was. And then I look at the house that I'm in and Trish and everything. I go, well, you know, things are just a little different. And, um, you know, then, then, or maybe I remember it wrong. I don't think there's only one dimension that we exist in. And, um, you know, so, so this idea of flipping dimensions to avoid death, which is you know, done by God when not done with you, you know, the train is going to hit, you know, the plane's going to hit the mountain and then you land on the tarmac and then you finally wake up from your dream and you're at your destination and you go on with your life and you wonder, you know, but really what happened is the plane did hit the mountain or the plane did crash, but you're not aware of it because you, you became aware of a different reality. So you lived on. And things are a little bit different, but you can't figure it out, so you just assimilate. Next thing you know, you're just in this next life. <laughs> uh, well, I want to make some music, you know, accordingly, you know, and it would be nonverbal, you know, except for maybe some ambient, uh, you know, noises. But um, no, I, I went in there and it was like. I hadn't been in there in a long time. Well, a couple of months or we tried to, we struggled to put everything back together because my tech couldn't really finish the job, you know, and I had to, had a controller called an Intonato by JBL and it broke and I had to find one on eBay. I found a brand new one for half price, never, box never opened. What are the odds on that? And that's the hottest thing going. Everyone wants one of those. So, you know, but then we had to put it in. Because he couldn't have, and then and then I had to like download these instruments, and then uh, we had to run, um, you know, had to figure out the conflicts with the USB because we have all these synths and stuff, and 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 hardware, and we had to, you know, get the hardware where some of the hardware was broken, and 
and there's like like a whole mess of of, of broken piles of broken hardware of that over the last you know 15 years or however long it's been or well it's been at least 10 with that gear that, that you know the, you can see the wear and tear you know uh, on it and uh, when you're dealing with analog but analog to me is like precious it's like if you could get your vinyl record record uh, collection back when you do it when you get a decent I had a I had a really great uh, turntable by Thorin's and a grace, some kind of grace uh, stylus. And I had a, um, a uh, analog tube amp by Gast, uh, Great American Sound, which was a company that came and went in the 70s. I had an, a preamp by same company. Uh, no, I had a, uh, it might have been a Mark Levinson, you know. And then I had two... Uh, Magnaplaner Timpani 1D panels, and they were like each side of the stereo was three panels. And I had a subwoofer that they, they were biamped, you know. So I had the main amp, and then I had the you know little biamp for the uh, for the uh, for the mid range and the and the and the highs. And um, and I had my vinyl collection, and some of it was the rock the rock collection was pretty lousy in terms of. Uh, Fidelity and mixes, you know, really pretty bad. But the jazz recordings were unbelievable. Like, you were in the room, you know, because they were making these records for audiophile, for people that would take a, 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 a magazine like Absolute Sound or something like, you know, that would be, you know, participating in that whole audiophile quest. And all that sound I had, when I did put a rock record on it, did sound good, I would put on uh, Genesis, the live album, Seconds Out, at you know, and then I had two seats that would be right in the stereo field, even though the the magna planers were each panel was six feet high and um I don't know, a couple three feet wide. And they but they were like, you know, those changing panels, like those Chinese cha- those Chinese partitions where you have a couple of panels, right, and you arrange them in the side of the room and you can change behind them and whatever. Okay. So they kind of look like that. You have to really tweak them to get them to, you know, to, to cooperate. And then, then you know, you, you want to get as much low out of it as you can and just have the subwoofer for subs, you know, for, you know, the crossover would be even lower than 80 hertz, you know, you, you know, maybe 60 or something because you get a boomy kind of poppy thing going on there. Anyway, when it was working right... It was just magical. You sit there in that chair, and you'd have this experience where you could see the drums in the back, and then the, the, particularly on jazz records, like uh, where they were like audiophile records done by Criterion or something, where you had people in the back, and then you'd have your your, your voices up front. Everything was imaged, and in, in the depth of field. So on this live record, the Genesis thing. And also had Chester Thompson on drums, and they had like this big drum solo between Phil Collins and and Chester Thompson, which was quite amazing. But you could see where each one cymbal, hi hats, kick drums, all that. You could you could see that in the field. You know, you could experience that, and then you could experience the synth of, you know, the Genesis synth and the you know the um, you know you know the uh, the, the vocals and the, just all the all the um, the technical stuff. So you could just enjoy the, the the fruits of that labor. So that was like to me the golden era of sound, 
And then Magnaplaner, I looked it up the other day, and they still have a little um, speaker they make, which is like an electrostatic panel. It's not a cone. It's just an electrostatic panel. But it's not like that big, you know, timpani 1D thing. And I sold it all and went digital. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and I... I started listening to cassette tapes again, you know, for a while to, to, to rebel, but I've, you know, never achieved that sound again, that clarity that, uh, you know, where you really get to experience the fruits of the labor of the engineers, the engineers become like, you know, other members of the band kind of thing. You know, you go, Oh wow. You know, but the best recordings of all would be like having a room that's perfect. Then having like, you know, these amazing mics set up, nothing else, no effects on, say, a Bosendorfer piano or something like that, and then hearing Chopin, right? And it, it just, it, it just it, you can't get that on a, on a CD because, see, those, those high, they, you get distortion. It, it brittles out on you. It gets, it, it gets brittly. And it also hurts your ears. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on here to, the, to survival. Um, Okay, so we're facing, you know, the reason I'm up at this hour and the reason I was up the other day at this hour, I think, is because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I know, I know, the, you know, everybody has warned. Everybody has been warning. And we know what's coming, you know, but then a lot of times when it comes, people are surprised. Right? So now if they're, if they're, you know, that they're destroying the Food supply I began with the with a question almost an hour ago, which is this: So, when the enemy attacks your food supply or your fuel supply or anything else, you know, tries to take territory away, um, you then retaliate. You come up with a war plan to retaliate, you know, on behalf of the uh, fellow citizens trying to survive. Then you realize the worst enemies of all are your coworkers, the nurses, the the people that are that are you know dumb and bought the you know drank the Kool Aid. They're just like bah bah, like, you know stupid sheep. That's they 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 keep going through the same routine. These are people that will that are going to point at you and you know, and they're going to want you dead. They're going, they're going to cheer as you get stomped into the ground. So it's going to get to be that sort of thing. And that's the kind of, while well, the actual perpetrators of the war remain hidden in their mansions. We have the addresses of all the mansions. Oh, but no one's interested. So I'm out of my depth because I don't understand what to do. Usually in a situation like this, there would be a... Uh, so, like I say, some kind of retaliation and battle plan. And I don't, you know, I guess because the enemy also has all the nukes and all the armies and all the people, I mean, you know, is it? can it really get down to the last person? I guess so. Meaning, you know, people get infected with this uh, virus of, um, you know, invasion of the body snatchers. Now we have the aliens coming to do just that, to do an invasion of the body snatchers. And anyone who's not with them, you know, um, John Milius did a beautiful job with Red Dawn. Didn't need a sequel. I like the sequel too, though. Uh, 
uh, Red Dawn, where where you know some of the parents of the kids join the you know join the uh, the enemy, and we're ratting out their kids. Well, you, you form a battle plan, and I guess if you can't have an army, then you have to have assassins. No. Well, then just listen to talk radio and scream about it. I've tried to stay away from the whole topic of what, what they're up to because I figure you already know. Why waste your time? I'm not going to sit here and repeat myself. There's already been people accusing me of saying the same thing over and over. I said, yes, I'll say Jesus. I'll say Jesus over and over and over. And I'll explain that we need salvation over and over and over. And the only way to that is to repent and ask, you know, the Lord to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And short of that, you ain't getting out of here. You're just going to stay here forever. You know, I think one of the worst hells of all would be now there's some kind of object flying around outside. Trish, what is that out there? See that red light? I mean, I know it's one of ours, but what is it? Yeah, it's it's got a blinking red light indicating it's, you know, definitely, you know, domestic. But planes are not flying this time of day. It's it's out of the port. It's out there, straight out where my finger is. Straight out. Right there, it's going that way. See it? You have to get out there to see it. No, you got to get out there to see it. You see it? I hope it's nothing. Okay, so it went by. So maybe it's a cargo plane. Maybe it's a FedEx plane, you know? You're just flying really low. Well, I'm on the lookout because, I mean, they're, they're going to do something. And so, you know, I'm not on the lookout to go, oh, look at that. I'm on the lookout to go, okay, if you start seeing that sort of thing, you got to get go to your hiding place, get get some shelter. Because we don't know what kind of radiation, what kind of stuff, what they're going to do with the food. I think they're just irradiating all the food, all the cattle, all the, you know, food supply, the fish. The, uh, they're, going to, they're doing all that. And I, I was just wondering if anyone wanted to, you know, it's, I have the address here of, you know, the people doing it. Uh, you know, if you go on Google Earth, you can see uh, the address of like Klaus Schwab and you know, in Switzerland, and you can see the WEF and the WEF building, and you can see George Soros in upstate New York, and you can see, you know, the, the Biden uh, beach house, and geez, you know, you can see, well, who are some of the other, the, the CIA, and all, you can see the NSA, and you can see all the principals and all of their addresses and all the place they live up in, uh, you know, in up, up in these nice areas of, of, of uh you know they're on. Um, you, you know they're they're a lot of them are you know hiding out in upstate New York. That seems to be a big. That's in plain sight. These houses are in plain sight. You could just drive there. So what my I, I'm not advocating anything, except that if they're actually doing something, they need to be at least arrested, right? Yes. I mean, if you're doing mass murder, you should probably try to arrest them before you're dead, right? Or no. Listen to talk radio instead? Okay. Um, so when people are hungry in Santa Fe, New Mexico, they're going to turn vicious. 
They're going to, you know, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they're going to break, you know, through to the stores and the trucks and the, they're going to break into the uh, food banks and get all the canned goods and take them for themselves. They're not going to sit there and let the poor people have it. When they set up food lines, they're going to be interrupted by people stealing the food. You know, there are going to be people roving around looking for food at the, with a gun, you know, looking to, you know, it's all going to be neighbor against neighbor. And then the bad guys are going to watch and, um, you know, they're going to get off on it. So <laughs> I don't know. How could I make a case? or at least a law enforcement effort. How can I make a case if, if you know who's doing the harming, you know, the, the terrorism against, you know, um, um, you know, meat plants, let's say, or, or, you know, food plants, then you go take care of it, right? They know who it is. The FBI's got great surveillance, Or is this check and mate? Like, the entire FBI is one of them. All the government is one of them. The entire nation is one of them. How many are there? I mean, if they're hurting the food supply, then you're going to starve to death. That's a horrible way to die, you know? I guess there's nothing I can say or do that would convince anyone to do anything, right? And, you know, if you did do something like a, like a terrorist or something like that, which, you know, they accuse you of being, if you're white, you're a terrorist, even though you've never done any, any kind of violent thing your whole life. While they're stabbing you, they're calling you a terrorist. We've got to take care of these terrorists. So it's, it's beyond, I, I guess the only way they get away with it is because of the stupidity of, of, of the humans are just fucking stupid. That's, that's what it comes down to. They can't seem to figure this out. And the dumbest people, the dumbest dumb shits of all time are the celebrities. You know, the actors, the singers, the pop singers, the athletes, especially. The dumbest dumb shits there are. You know, they, most, of the, most of Nashville, you know, all of Hollywood, you know, and then people, what, you look up to these people, what, they don't know how to, they can't, they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They don't know anything about anything that's going on. They just say that, you know, if you try to say something against abortion, we're going to come kill you. And they, they march, you know, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're marching for, you know, a lot of these unknown actors are marching with SAG. You know, you got to get to higher wages. Meanwhile, they can't feed their babies because of the fact that they're out on the picket line. You know, and it's just a big money play for SAG. It's got nothing to do with the little guy. They just use people. <clears throat> yeah. Well, this is no time to to think in terms of revolutionary wars, is it? I suppose we should just give up, let us line us up against the wall and shoot us all. You know, just line them up and mow them down, right? Just like the days of Stalin, just like the days of Hitler, just like the days of Mao. It's all coming down to, uh, so what is the world? So, okay, so, okay, so we've established that. So what is the world?
the world is um, 100% hostile. 100% evil. It's not, it's not 50-50 or stay on the sunny side of the street. There is no sunny side of the street. You make the best out of what you can and they give you folly. They give you bread and circus. They give you television and they give you, you know, uh, rodeos and they give you ball games and they give you all kinds of things, you know, concerts and occupy your time. And you feel like you're actually like they, someone actually cares about you. They don't care about you. They never did. They never will. Right now they're going to kill you. But the bottom line is they don't care. They provide that stuff to avoid being attacked themselves. Then they allow your bread and your fancy restaurant. I was looking at the uh, Santa Fe restaurants. <laughs> Santa Fe's going to hate me at the tourist section. If, if I, well, who would, I, who would ever even listen here? That would, would be someone that would go to one of those restaurants. No one. So they go to uh, these restaurants. They go, here's this, uh, an authentic taste of, you know, real New Mexican cuisine. And I'm like, and I just start laughing my ass off. I'm like, what the hell do they think? Are people, they think their customers are just dolls? What do they think? Come on in for some real New Mexican cuisine. You know, so this is the real food in New Mexico right here. Come on in for some real Italian food. And then they have some kind of like, you know, thing, you know, some kind of like, you know, four pieces of ravioli, you know, covered with some kind of thing, making it look like a like a work of art now on the plate, right? And I'm like, I've you know, that, that's as far from Italy as you can even imagine. I can't even imagine anyone would in Italy would take that seriously. But that's they have the, all these pictures, you know. It's, I, I forget what it's called, but then they have architecture. They have you know people that make you know furniture, and they have people that put in awnings and, you know, they cater to a very wealthy clientele that live around the capital and up on the hills there, which I'm as far away from that as I can be. And uh, they, they just have this ongoing sort of pretending that they're, they're in the old West and they're like cowboys or Indians or something. And, and they're like, it it's and then all the people it, that next thing I see these Asian people, you know, saying this is the real Mexican, New Mexican cuisine from people that have been, you know, years here in the, you know, I just, I just watch and I'm, I'm, um, I'm, uh, uh, no, I won't, I won't, um, I guess I had gone to, you know, these restaurants when I first came here, but you know, now things are so serious that I can't believe they're, they're, they're serving these meals and, and having people take it seriously. You know, what they should be doing is they should be, you know, selling things like, you know, beans and rice and saying stock up now while you can, you know, you know what I mean? And shutting down their doors because, you know, the, the thing that's going to happen in a place like that is, you know, people get hungry. They're going to raid those places. And so I don't know. I, I, um, there's really not much I can I can do. I, I've, I've tried to, you know, I, I can't announce anything because, uh, you know, that they're doing um, because that's all over the airwaves. Other people have covered it, so I don't want to repeat that what they're saying. And I just like having a conversation with you folks. And I know most of you listening in now, you're you feel the same way I do exactly, and you know the same things I know. 
So there's no sense telling you about it because you already know and I already know. We already know. I know that you know that 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 we all know. So we all know. Right? And we've all prepared. That's probably real. But the people outside of the, you know, of our little group here, um, they haven't prepared. And your neighbors haven't prepared. So now it's time to talk about preparation. I know that, uh, gosh, everyone I know is really prepared. Not, no, not everyone I know. There are people that have not prepared. They just don't think that uh, Trader Joe's is going to shut down. They just don't think that Albertsons is going to shut down. They don't think that what is the, uh, you know, Costco is going to shut down. They just don't think Walmart will ever shut down, right? Or Target or any other place. And uh, wherever there's food, it's, you know, the the way they've had to treat it out of the West Coast is lock up the freezers and lock up everything so they can't steal the food because that's going to be the item. Now, I don't sell any, you know, storage food, you know, any of this, uh, I'm not selling it, you know, because you can get, you can store up what you need, just canned goods and rice and beans, everything you need is, is, is there at the store. But there's also places like Wise Foods, I've had good luck with them, uh, Mountain House, uh, My Patriot Supply does a great job with, uh, um, sending you these plastic containers with these, they're not MREs, what they are is freeze-dried, you know, dishes. And um, for very little money, I don't know what the price is now, but for not that much money, you can get at least a few months. I don't know if that'll do it, though. You know, they're, they're, they're banning fertilizer, they're banning, uh, you know, urea. You need urea, you need fertilizer, they're, they're, they're messing with the weather. They're doing everything they can possibly do to let you know that this is it. Uh, will they be successful? Well, they've already been extremely successful as millions are, are dead. Now, millions are dead, and we're, we're, getting, we're going to be topping Stalin and Hitler very soon, if not already. Soon, hundreds of millions will be dead. And we'll be sitting here wondering if we're ever going to do anything about it. And this this whole thing is going on right now, and I just, I, I never wanted to be in a situation like this. I'm just going to talk very frankly. I don't like this situation. I, I don't like my hands being tied. I don't like, you know, feeling the overwhelmed by the fact they have so much, so many guns and equipment, and, and you know, they have us locked down. They already have us in lockdown. Where can I go? I can go to the doctor appointment. I can go to the market. I can go to the pharmacy. I can go home and take a nap. I've got to get those things. I can produce work. I can uh, pay some bills. I can see if my account's receivable or is bringing in, uh, you know, any, you know, adequate money, which is, you know, which uh, is in desperate short supply in the arts unless you're you know part of the studio system even then they've lost billions of dollars already billions because they put out content that is uh, I guess propaganda whatever I, I've I've pretty much um, done with it um, what I've been doing is collecting uh, DVDs I got two DVDs coming today so I'm and I recommend 
this one. I'm getting uh, Straw Dogs today. A good reprint of it, you know, new. Uh, Sam Peckinpah, 1967, Dustin Hoffman. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing, that kind of, that kind of story. And it may not be the most perfect movie, but it's, it's, you know, it's way better than anything today. And, um, what's the other one? Um, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen it. A friend was telling me yesterday, he watches the AMC channel and he's watching these old movies and he feels like, well, if you haven't seen the movie in a long time, it's like, it's like you're watching it for the first time. You get a lot out of it. You see a lot of things you didn't see when you thought you saw it before. But even that, to that, I say, but I don't like the commercials. I don't, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to be in the AMC world. Do you know what I mean? I don't want them catering to me or, or, or you know, telling me what the program is. So I, um, so I'd rather have these uh, little Blu-rays and, and then I'm trying to organize a little collection so that, I want to see how many I'd have to have. Because at one point I had a Laserdisc collection where I had a whole bunch of movies and Criterion movies, all kinds of stuff. And I never, you know, there was no cable back then. There was no streaming. And so, and I had something every night to watch, pretty much. I mean, I kept buying new, you know, probably bought some new, a lot of new too, which was a waste of money. Um, and, and and so I would, you know, see how many I had to have before I would get, you know, bored, you know, where I could then go and kind of a loop and then come back around and see another one again. I so say I saw it a year ago. So you have to have quite a few if you if you watch a lot. But you want to have stuff that feeds you, just like books. There's good books and then there's trashy books, <laughs> you know. A, a trashy book meaning not challenging the reader, just trying to, you know, lull you. Well, anyway, I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to move on. Actually, I do need to be... I wonder how long that goes. 420, okay. And I'll be back. How will you get through another world? A lesser world. A world not your own.
is a uh, it's a rich keltner composition with me com- you know doing the melody line and the, the vocals and and production but the thing is is it's in an odd time can anyone guess what time that is and what time the what the beat what the timing what it is <laughs> uh it is. I. It's. It's. It's hard for me to to remember to remember exactly. You know, to whether it's a uh, like a seven four. It's not a seven four. It's like a nine something or other. And um, it's uh, nine beats, and then it starts over again. And um, anyway, it's uh, definitely a very like you know it would be a very hard part to play on the drums to keep remembering where you are in that cycle, you know, as opposed to uh, when you have a 4-4, you just feel it, right? You're usually right on track. Uh, So this idea of survival, and it seems that they're going to go after the survivalists first, the people that have, you know, know, again, that this is something that I know they do. It's going to be to make it illegal to store up food. In fact, those laws are already there, I think, in the federal you know, that you can't store up food or that this is the laws of the FBI or something, that storing up food will be illegal, that having, uh, you know, back in emergency time of 1933, they confiscated all gold. Can you imagine? All gold, I mean, gold jewelry, gold this, gold that, you know. The only thing they didn't confiscate, I think, was uh, uh, gold, um, uh, you know, numismatic coins, but I think today... Uh, I don't think they give a damn it's numismatic or not. It's gold. It's getting confiscated. You know what I mean? Just like we got to we gotta make up for this deficit that uh, we caused and we did it all. And now we want your money to make up for all the money we flushed down the toilet. That was yours to begin with. Okay, so that's also a call to war. But they've done a great job of dividing people between the stupid and the uh, purebloods. Right, the purebloods are all, you know, pretty much uh, in the upper realm of intelligence of human, right? Many geniuses in the purebloods. Look at Trish; she's like a genius level IQ. Right? She 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 went through school so fast that she, by the time she was out of kindergarten, she was pretty much graduated. So, um, okay, so all the people I know that are purebloods. It's just hard for me to even understand. I mean, they're all pure bloods, not because they talk to me or not because they talk to you or not because they listen to uh, necessarily to, you know, you know, Alex Jones and all the other clones of Alex Jones. It's not necessarily that is the reason. They just knew not to do They just knew in themselves. They proved they were God's people. That doesn't mean the people that took the jab are not God's people. It just means that the world and conforming is more important to them than God. It also means they're not, you know, again, uh, they're starting in again. Okay, this is how I know this. Here's my inside info. Um, Okay, so in my chart, 
at the hospital. It's this big chart, you know, with all kinds of bad news in it. And uh, toward the end of the chart, or in another section, it says that I owe, uh, I, I'm owed, you know, it's time to schedule my uh, pneumonia uh, vaccine. They want it, and they just put it in the chart as normal because of my congestive condition or my lung condition. They want me to have that pneumonia shot. And it's scheduled. It's like, be sure to schedule your pneumonia vaccine. And I have had trouble with my lungs when there's been flus. Yes, I've had trouble with pneumonia. But I'm not sure. Do you trust the pneumonia vaccine? I don't know what's in it, really. And, you know, whether it's got mRNA in there or not. They gave me a couple of shots in the hospital. They, they might have given me a, a jab. I don't know, because then they put me on heart medication. I, you know, I'm not sure I even understand anything. I just wish that, um, you know, God would just rescue all of us and take us to somewhere where we can understand, you know, logic and language and meaning. And, uh, I mean, I understand double entendre. I understand, uh, you know, I understand uh, uh, false narrators. I understand, um, you know, uh, MacGuffins. I understand red herrings. I understand um, comedy, satire, black comedy. I understand, um, you know, nods and winks. But I don't understand these people here. You know, because they're all living in, you know, as Jimi Hendrix said, they're all living in cages. Right, little, little tiny, you know, they don't really go anywhere. They just live in their little cage. Their, 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 their slave cage. And, and um, they, they have this war in their minds against people they consider to be, uh, you know, white or conservative or, you know, black conservatives or constitutional-oriented people or people that, you know, um, uh, you're Republicans and are taught that what is happening to Trump needs to happen to them, and they need to kill all these. They really actually want to kill every last one who would not agree with them. But the only way to agree with them is to be, is to have an IQ of like say sixty or seventy on the scale. You, you, there'd be no way unless you, you'd have to take a hammer to your head to get yourself down that far. So you know they've they've been practicing being stupid. Ever since, you know, um, they were kids, you know, probably because they were, they were molested as kids because they're the ones pushing all the pedophilia. So it's, you know, the ones pushing the pedophilia are also the ones pushing totalitarianism, are also the ones pushing the killing of conservatives. I wouldn't even call myself conservative because I have, you know, some pretty radical ideas, too, about uh, capitalism and, uh, you know, what's fair. Right now, what we have is not fair and it's not capitalism. This is not, you know, this is not, uh, even Trump fixing it is not going to solve the real problem. But, you know, communism is certainly not the way either, being it's totalitarianism and it's mainly a, a thinly veiled disguise for perversion. So we don't want to, you know, destroy our children. Uh, the suicide rate was, what is it, 40% now? The death rates, millions and millions dying. Do you think 
people will notice when it gets to be like a couple hundred million or um, a billion? Do you think they'll notice then? Like if the streets are more empty or do you think they'll, when will they notice? I'm just wondering if there will ever be a time where anyone will notice anything or will it just be fish in a barrel and they'll just be killed where they stand and that's the end of it? I guess that's the answer. So when I go into a place like Santa Fe, which is, you know, a a complete 100 percent, you know, blue state, all Democrats, all, uh, you know, all pushing the pedophilia, all pushing the human trafficking, all, you know what I mean? They're pushing human trafficking. It comes through Albuquerque. It comes right up the the 25 and heads up to Denver and and goes east and west from Albuquerque on the 40. Uh, It's a big cartel uh, hub. Um, I guess that's the, the, the way it is. The Michelle Lohan Grisham has bought, I don't know how many, you know, she must have a dozen uh, strings of black pearls now. You know, since, she, since she's been governor, she's kind of done a pull to Biden. She's gotten richer and richer. More and more jewelry. She just flaunts it. Is there anyone who would... One restaurant I used to go to that I, I liked here was called the, 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 I forget what it was called. I think it was the Chama Steakhouse. I used to sit in the bar because it had a nice atmosphere. And one time I saw uh, Dennis Hopper come in because they're having the Santa Fe Film Festival, which is a pretty big deal, actually. You know, it goes off in the fall. And um, I thought to myself, boy, he looks good, you know. He's got his hair trimmed. He's got. He's wearing a nice uh, blazer. You know, he's all you know, really well put together. It just looked like, man, this guy's going to live another fifty years or something. This, he looks great. He's going to he, obviously he's out. You know, probably working up a storm. Within a couple of years, dead. So it just goes to show you the people that put on airs and people that are. I I have a feeling that this is also true. And I'm here to warn, people that become obsessed with health often die sooner. In fact, they do. In fact, I remember this gal, she would tell us all about her health and her doctors and this and that and her supplements and her, you know, now I guess we'd be talking about stem cells and different things. And um, she died at 45. Yeah. People that uh, are obsessed the most with health tend to die sooner. So you can't get obsessed with it, you know, but you can, you can veer yourself. You got to, you know, in fact, anything we become obsessed with will kill us. You know what I mean? If you get obsessed with, uh, with any kind of thing, you know, and you, you God won't have it, you know what I mean? It's a good way to, to get yourself kicked out of here. So it's, it's very, very difficult to follow the Lord. Here we are on the Sabbath, you know, talking about the Lord, but it's very, very difficult because if you think you're doing it right, then you're wrong. If you think you're doing it wrong, you know, you tend to quit when, no, no, you were doing it right, but you shouldn't have quit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't quit forever. You, you quit till you figure out that, you know, the world is not your home. Then you're back saying, I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I tried to take things into my own hands. But what was I to do? Everything was going south on me. I had to take it into my own hands. I had to try to, you know, make the outcome right. I'm, I'm, you know, you put me here to, to, to make things right, to, 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 you know, to have a good report. 
to be restored like Job. And then when it all starts going toward, you know, bankruptcy and failure, I, I just, you know, I, I don't understand if I work my fingers to the bone, is that not good enough for you, Lord? Or did you put me here just to make me fail to test my faith? I bet there's a lot of people saying that prayer or saying that thought right now. It's not your fault. All the business is going to fail. You know, and the reason why is uh, because uh, they're pulling the plug on so many things. You know, there's been a big change at Amazon. And at Amazon, uh, it used to be like things would arrive very quickly. They probably do in big metropolitan cities, but here they would arrive in a day or two, you know, and I don't really, I go direct with like, when Trish got this watch for me, you know, she could have gotten it from Walmart or Amazon. She went direct to somebody and got it that way because Amazon is no longer uh, a viable deliverer, at least out here in the West. And, you know, that um, they have lost things. They have destroyed food. Or someone did, and they they say that all you know things will be delivered, you know, and then they're a month out. You know, they, it's like delivery is in a month. It, it used to be a few days, so something happened with the supply lines and the trucks there, that that is not reaching out here to the to the west and then beyond. Beyond maybe they do because I'm sure they have fusion centers like up in uh, L.A. and San Francisco, but I mean, this, this is, it's a, it's weird. It's a weird change. It's like during the COVID problem, I used to get a lot of, uh, you know, extra food from Amazon and things and supplies because I didn't want to get out in the, you know, in the, uh, you know, out, I, I wanted to just get things delivered and, uh, you know, they would deliver right away, whether it be a case of canned beans or, you know, from Goya or, a, you know, uh, you know, rice or uh, whatever we need, supplements, lots of, you know, uh, supplements. But now, like I say, I've got my, uh, my, my, the supplements that I, I like to, to, to really go to the the people like, okay, we got uh, Vladimir Zelenko. I go right to their site. It's, it's more and more I'm, you know, going to these vendors themselves because that's the best guarantee of, of being, uh, are being taken care of because other, otherwise it's big, big companies like Amazon are starting to fail, which is showing how the, the, the guys, the enemy is beginning to, you know, mess with things. It's going to affect the Amazons first. It's going to affect the UPSs first, you know, it's going to affect the, you know, it's going to affect, uh, some of the commercial carriers. It's going to, it's going to affect, uh, a lot of those things first. And then the smaller, Carriers, you know, when people make a, you know, they're they're shipping less stuff. Uh, probably uh, those will be next to go. But I mean, it's getting to the point where you know you're going to have to go local to get what you need, like to the Walgreens for for some supplement or some, you know, so for something like wound gel, something like that. And you're going to have to start finding people that could supply food, which would be you know farmers, farmers market. You know, ranchers, you know, and make a deal. There's a guy right now, he's got, I don't know, 250 head of cattle in Mexico. And uh, so I got to make a deal with him to get to get the meat and, you know, to get it before somebody zaps it with, 
I think the radiation is another thing that they're, you know, they're just having a great time with the 5G. We all warned about 5G, right? Well, they turned everything on, and I'm really wondering about this weather. I saw the weather report from NOAA and said, no, we're in El Nino now. Uh, did you know that? So we're not going to have any relief from monsoons in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, or New Mexico, or West Texas, which we count on. And it just canceled, and it's just it's killing everything. You know, temperature 106 degrees, you know, in, in August, where... It gets down to like, you know, 65 at night now, uh, dropping, but still these weird temperatures during the day, these strange clouds. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know how they do it, but it's not normal. You know, there's a monsoon season. And even during the worst droughts of the, of the early, you know, George W. Bush in, you know, 2002, three, four, right, you know, that area, uh, where we lost all our pinyon trees from, from drought, uh, uh, we still had more rain than we do now. So it's just this very, you know, again, where do you think you wound up? Do you see the danger of going to church finally when they tell you it's all a blessing? Yeah, it's one thing to just say it's all a blessing. It's another thing to go into total denial and psychosis. You know, become ill, to become mentally ill. You know, it, it's not okay. There is, and I, this is what I would point out, I would point this out when I was a teenager. I said, it's not okay. These are the guys that run everything. And everyone would be, oh, yeah, right. You know, you need to see the shrink. And so, so no matter how right you were, it didn't matter. It's all about being stupid. The entire purpose of life is stupidity. When I, when, when I said that, the, 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 the name Steve Quayle came to mind. There's a, you know, this is a guy that appeals to stupid people. He just simply appeals to stupid. You better get your phone right now. I got to know where people are at when, there's a, when, a, when an operation goes down. I got to know where I'm at. I need magnesium. You better go buy some magnesium from us because... You're going to need that to survive. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. I'm so sorry that I ever got involved in uh I'm so sorry I ever got involved. I'm going to talk to you guys more about more, more you know what the Lord has given me, but today what I should have done is taken the microphone into the studio and sampled for you some of these sounds and I think I will do that. I'm also ambivalent about uh I went very deep in this novel, and I've had to actually recover. I think it, it was harmful to my health. I had to pull it out of there because, as I said, there, were, there was like a spy thing going on, people wishing me dead, people, practitioners of the, of the dark arts, throwing things at me, you know, seeing that I was, you know, near terminal, so that's when they pile on, right? And then I saw a whole bunch of new subscriptions there after I after I got the uh, the Witch World out of there. So the Witch World's safe. We're we're in you know moving into Chapter Nine, and when it's done, you know we're gonna we're gonna consolidate it into one solid novel, and and it's gonna be when next time you see it appear, um, you know it, hopefully it will you know I'll be able to get it uh, 
you know, published from from like a rough galley, not even a galley form, but from a rough draft, and get it in shape, you know, to to put it in the galleys. And uh, hopefully you'll get it, you know, I'll be able to get it to you uh, so you can have a read, you know, especially those who have subscribed. Uh, My guarantee to you is I'll get you the books. Uh, You know, all of you that subscribed, I will send you the books. I'll have them and I will send them. I think the, uh, you know, from chapter nine on, it gets really heavy. And there's some things that happen that probably I, you know, would be better off revealed in the book, you know, some surprises. And I think that, um, you know, plus there's some decisions to make that I don't think I could make live. But the main thing is I don't usually let people run run me off of a place, you know. But in this case, I've got, in fact, I probably shouldn't even be doing this F report because, you know, they're, they're out there listening to this too. And, um, they're on me, man. They're they're on me. They're on me, and uh, and I can. Uh, I mean, they're all, the enemy is all around. They're in. They're in the hospital. They're in the, you know, they're out there. They're 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 you know people in 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 business competitors. Uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. And um, it's just like the Bob Dylan song. Exactly, they'll stone you and then they'll say good luck. You know, with a smile on their face. All the time they want to take your place, the backstabbers, remember that song? Backstabbers, yeah, well that's, you know, they're those. But then it's the, the, the how I drew the, uh, the attention of the, the big bad bull right now is talking about witchcraft, apparently. So that's what we need to talk about, folks. You know, and I I need to really uh, let you understand or or try to make us all understand the quantum aspect of witchcraft and the fact that it's a uh, it's actually an advanced science. And it's very attractive to people that are intelligent, unfortunately, and, you know, some very intelligent people that I know are wielding that as a, you know, as a weapon, and I think part of my hospitalization, I'll just go ahead and lay all the paranoia out. This could be paranoia, but I'll just say it. I think one of the reasons I wound up in there was because of uh, whammy throwers. They're that good. I mean, I remember years ago, one of these people was boasting about some guy that drove off the uh, freeway, and, and they, they had something to do with it. They had done a ritual on this guy the day before. Next thing you know, he just crashes and dies. And they were so private, you know, and so how do I know? I was driving under this bridge where this happened, and this guy was there, and he goes, hey, it happened right there. Oh, yeah? Well, why do you keep saying that? And then I finally got to the bottom of it. It's because, you know, they were, you know, enemies get get whamified. It's like, okay, uh, if you don't accommodate these people, then they, they hold you, blackmail you, you know, and it's like, well, then... You do that, I'll ruin your movie. I'll make sure that that movie doesn't happen, or I'll go to IMDb. I'll make sure that IMDb is trashed. So we end up like with eighty awards, and then, you know, because when these people uh, comment, they go, "Oh, I'm so sorry that it looks like they trashed you on IMDb," and uh, oh, that's just too bad. Well, good luck. <laughs> Yeah, and so the the whole point of that is to get you out of 
you know, out, uh, you know, get you out. Well, they, they, they were doing that the whole time. You know what I mean? They've been fighting that the whole time. And I think as I broke down the illness, like the last three years, a lot of that's been related to, you know, getting in the public eye a little bit, doing things, talking, doing interviews. And um, people are offended, you know. They're very offended at somebody that would make a statement against witchcraft. You can understand that. And then, so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm getting my ass kicked. I'm almost dead. Do you want me to, or do you just want me dead? If you want me dead, take me now. If you don't want me dead, then let me know what to do. I prayed every every prayer of witchcraft. I prayed in, you know, prayer warrior style. I have uh, handed over to you, Lord. I've got all kinds of things. All kinds of prayers. I pray every prayer there is. I say, Lord, please protect us. How about this the other day? Please protect us against any of their witchcraft and all their shenanigans and their poisonings. Please protect us against poisonings that the witches did. You know, and the hospital and the, you know, in infusions and the, you know, and the whole, the whole bit that's going on in there. You know, please, please Lord, am I all alone? You look at all the people they've killed. Don't you want to save them? They're doing these rituals with, you know, pentagrams and this and that and putting voodoo dolls in the center of their circles. And then the next thing you know, this guy dies. I mean, don't you want to, please? Just tell us what to do. Because I prayed all the prayers. Oh, yeah, the, the really great spiritual warriors have these big, long prayers that go on for four pages. I prayed all those. They did nothing. Not one shred of protection. The Lord hates those long prayers. So yeah, what he likes is when you throw your hands up in the air and go, what do I do? You know, that's the, believe it or not, this kind of thing, this pleading that I'm doing right now, which I'm doing, I'm kind of a mock pleading because the Lord has taken care of me. But, you know, he'll put me in that near-death situation to teach me something that I couldn't learn any other way. I see that now. Uh, he uses those witchcraft. He's not going to take those people out. He's not going to. He's not going to go punish them the way they punish me. Not yet. I mean, he will in the end, but not yet. He's going to use them on other people. Maybe not me. I've been, you know, had my ass kicked. He's going to go kick the ass of. Other of his people that need to wake up and understand what's the world. What is the world? Evil. Yeah. So he's gonna. He wants people to understand it. If you're going around with your head in the clouds and you're just, uh, in a, you know, in a hypnotized, happy state, uh, courtesy of the state, um, he's going to kick your ass. He's going to make sure you get your attention that you beg him for help. So I'm begging you, Lord. Every prayer I pray doesn't work. You know, about that. You know what I mean? And, that, and why do I say that? Because these guys are still walking around, pretty as you please. They're, in fact, they're, they're being very successful right now. And they got to take the, have their way with me, and, you know, basically take us out. And uh, they're just pretty as, as you please. I mean... You know, uh, that, that, whose side is who on? 
And, you know, in the Psalms, you'll notice that David was pleading all the time about it. You know, if you just going to ignore me and let me just go die in this ditch. Have you forgotten about me, Lord? Do you care? You know, this is pretty common. Jeremiah had prayers like that too. This is pretty common, you know, to feel abandoned or to feel like the enemy. So Psalm 37 comes in and says, look, don't envy the wicked. Don't envy the wicked when they prosper. So we know the wicked prospers. Yes, they do. And they're going to be prospering, but don't worry about it because their day is coming. That's where your faith has to come in. You know justice will be done, so just relax. You know those practitioners that hurt you, Zef. They're going to be dealt with, but I'm dealing with them separately from you. They're not, you know, it's not connected to you because they did this to you, now I'm going to get them. That's not how it works. I know, Lord, but I just get the idea that when they are dealt with, they won't, they won't even know what it is they're being dealt with for. Well, that's their problem, not yours, isn't it? Say what I mean? He's got me. He's got me. Okay, I pray that you send lightning bolts over there and that burn their houses down and burn them down and their children and their friends and everybody in the entire neighborhood that, that's nice to them. You know what I mean? And all the other practitioners, just burn them to the ground. Not your call. I appreciate your being angry at them for targeting you because of me, but you're not supposed to be upset. You're supposed to rejoice in your hospital bed. What? Rejoice that they're making me sick? And well, maybe they, they didn't make you sick. They might have piled on when they heard about it, but they, they, they didn't had no idea you were sick right then. But now that you, you are, then they're saying, oh, it must have worked. One of them actually called me up for a prognosis. No, I'm, I'm not even kidding. They call you up for a, they called me for a prognosis. And I just said, well, every day above ground is a, is a blessed day, you know? And then it's like, okay. He says, good luck. (laughs) Why? What is this? Why does everyone in my life, you know, I mean, you know, having grown up and then, you know, all the friends I had in LA and all, why are they all betrayers? Because if they don't betray you, then they feel they'll be betrayed and they're going, so they're going to get you. It's because they have no honor. It's because they're punks. It's because they have no class. It's because they're uneducated. It's because they're stupid. It's because they're reactionary. It's because they, they get manipulated all around the board. They just get pushed around. They have no mind of their own. They just monkey see, monkey do their whole life. So it's like, you know, monkey see, monkey do, herb zap, throw a knife at zap or something, you know. So that's how they operate. Do I get a penny for that? Do I get a quarter? Do I get a dollar? So yes, the people of God have a really hard time. You know, a really hard time and a really hard life, you know. And the, the hard life is, is based on rejection and betrayal. It's correct, though. 
So that's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line. So when we, you know, there's been a few authors that have written really good books on the spirit of rejection because, oh gosh, I better order that book and give away a few copies. Was it Derek Prince, folks? Anybody in the chat room remember? Was it Derek Prince that wrote, you know, How to Overcome the Spirit of Rejection? Anybody know? I think it was Derek Prince. Anyway, here was the deal, you know. Uh, was it not Romans 10.9? Which, which is the uh, chapter where it's like, you know, when, when you love your enemies, you know, you, you, you bless your enemies. And uh, so, so you, you return good for evil rather than evil for evil because in that way you heap hot coals on their head. Yes, that is one of our best weapons. Romans 10.9, Trish? My back is getting me, so I'm not going to move. I think it's... No, that's not it. Is it 910? Well, somebody must know. Uh, okay. It's the famous, you know, bless your enemies, and then by doing so you'll heap hot coals in their head. Okay. But that's something, you know, Paul was writing about. And, um, uh, you, you know, you know I, I'm, I haven't dealt with this in a while, so I'm going to have to delve into it uh, scripturally uh, today. But anyway, the point is, is that, the, see, that's something that always works. You know, when I got out of them, you know, kidnapping me, and I was warned that that, that and I just couldn't believe that a church would actually be involved in kidnapping, but uh, apparently they are. Because they're tied in with law enforcement and everyone else. Nobody bats in it, right? Oh, missing person, you know. And the Lord had me just, it was, it was in the guise of a prayer meeting, and they were going to abduct me, I think. And basically, I started complimenting and buttering all of them up. And as I did that around the group, around the room, they all backed up. At one point, you know, some guy jumped on me, and they started, so they started getting mad at me for, you know, being there. And, and, and you know, uh, but by doing what I was doing, they turned, they, they changed, they understood that I was complimenting them and, and in, in that, that it just disarmed them all and I was able to get out the back and then down on my motorcycle and get out of there and I, I never went back. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't think that there are people in the church that would do something like that. I, that's how naive I guess I was. Back then, I just didn't think so. I thought that was a safe place. And uh, then I saw what they were getting ready to do, and I, and I, I, did, I, I didn't panic. I, I put my hand, myself in the hands of the Lord. It was just like the traffic accident that I, that I, that I skidded around and, and missed. Um, you know, things slowed down, got in a slow motion, and I started having words from the Holy Spirit of just compliments and compliments and compliments and compliments of how wonderful they are, how wonderful you are, how beautiful of a brother you are, how, how great this is. Uh, 
Uh, well, it's now I want um, where it says. Uh, bless your enemies. Uh, no, not bless your enemies. What I want is return uh, good for evil, not evil for evil. It was a Paul writing. It's not. It's not Matthew or Luke. But those are the same principles, love your enemies. What, so he brings clarity to it. So we, heap, we, we said all this praise to these people as a group of about nine men. And then there was me. They all got praised, and I was able to get out only because of that, only because of that technique of spiritual warfare. But again, my life was on the line. I had to be that close to death... I had to be that close before I seemed to wake up out of my stupor that, yes, Seth, they're trying to kill you. But what? I didn't do anything wrong. This is a church. They're supposed to be into Jesus. It's very confusing. Yeah, well, they're not really for real, understand? It's kind of a a bait and switch. As long as you follow society's rules, they'll let you in here. And so we come in, and we're not affiliated with anyone or anything. We're not in the clubs. We didn't. We had an interrupted childhood. We had a hard time in life. Anyway, bottom line, we go in there, and then they do an old-fashioned like 1600 shunning, where they all turn around and face the opposite wall to avoid looking at us. And we just started laughing at them. And when we laughed, they all got upset. Romans 12, 17. 12, 17? Okay, Romans 12? Yeah, well, I knew it wasn't. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful. Let, it's it. Right in the eyes of everyone. Let me have that, because I, I think we need... We need to read this. Well, they have a King James version in there. It's okay. We'll read this version. We know this version's not perfect, but we'll read it. Uh, yeah, so Romans twelve twenty. Okay. Yeah, do not repay anyone evil for evil. This is this is this is the technique that was used that day that that backed off that that saved me again from yet another murder attempt. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. It is possible, as far as it depends on you, uh, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. See see that right there? Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to, to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will be heap you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, that that's probably the most, one of the most astute, one of the be, you know one of the best. So, the answer to well, what do I do, Lord? And. It, instead of, you know, any kind of retaliation, it's like, you know, when I had to, you know, when I was at the mercy of these nurses, you know, who were 
you know, I guess taking some some issue with this old white man that was a Christian, you know, in their one of their beds. Uh, you know, I I had to 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 treat them. You know, I I couldn't get it. You couldn't, you know, into a contesting thing there. And you know, now of course it's inspiration for a book and a horror, you know, a horror book and all that. But I mean, back then when I was there, had I started that kind of stuff of returning evil for evil, what would have happened to me there is they could have injected me, they could have hurt me, they could have put something in my infusion, they could have done a lot of things. So this advice of Paul's is I don't know how much more clear it can be. That's probably the best thing I have ever read. I mean, you know, it's just the timing of it, right? And, you know, but, but when the Lord says, you know, I, I, I will repay. So, you know, Lord, I just, we hand them over to you, these practitioners of the craft, we hand them over to you, and there are a lot of men involved in this too. So we hand them over to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, you know, and meanwhile, we're going to be, you know, we're going to just be up above board with them. And as we have to deal with them day by day or whatever, we will, you know, treat them accordingly and, and with peace, you know. And, um, you know, if they need something, if they need help, they need whatever, we're going to help them. We, we've got to. I, I may just, you know, type that thing. I may just do a whole, uh, you know, musical piece just on that particular scripture because it has it all you know i will repay so you don't have to you don't have to you know say return to sender or anything else all their crap you just you know hand them over um you know we're we're not just to hand them over peaceably and that's it that won't do it but return good for evil so they do this so you know, compliment, and I've done that too. I have, uh, I've, I've turned the whole thing around by um, going positive, uh, you know, about them and realizing that, hey, they're into something I don't agree with. Now I could pick up in, you know, but then, but hopefully, Lord, they'll, that you'll help them come out of it. You know, I, I hope the best for the best. That I can live with. You know, I will pay and I will avenge, you know, when it's time because you don't realize you may be one person. There may be many other people that need, you know, that that vengeance. And the other thing is, I mean, if everybody is hating everybody, then, you know, then there is no room for God. So uh, I guess I have my answer today. And, and then it, it, it's such a thick verse that actually goes into, I have, will take vengeance, I will repay. And then it goes into, if your enemy is thirsty, you know, let, let them have drink. If they're hungry, feed them. You know, for in so doing, you are heaping hot coals on his head. Yes. How often do we lose track of the, that, that? That wisdom works every single time. So when they're on you, you know, just like when those guys were on me at the, like at the music store, because I I've, I've been you know telling this guy about Jesus, you know, and they didn't appreciate that. So the next time they saw me, they 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 jumped on me, and I did the same thing. I you know returned compliments to them, and I complimented them on the store, and you know I thanked them profusely for letting me use the drums and all this stuff, and it just diffused the whole situation. And I left. It doesn't mean I'm going to go back. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, masochist. I don't want to go back and, 
you know, keep, you know, just like the Lord says, don't tempt the Lord God. If you know that they're going to be there and you can avoid it, you, you know, avoid it. You know, the Lord doesn't say you have to be around your enemies all the time, but we are around our enemies all the time and don't even know who our enemies are. So we, we don't even know it. But having said that, that doesn't mean you need to go like stand there so they can throw rocks at you and then you can say uh, compliments back to them and, oh, thank you, and, and, and you know, whip me, beat me, and make me write, write bad checks. You, you don't have to go to that, to that particular uh, point with it because the Lord will repay. You know that you're going to... You know, one thing you could say is, well, does anyone need anything? I'm going to go here and get some, you know, some uh, iced coffee. Would you like one? You know, or anything like that. You know, I, whatever. In the, in, the, in the instances I've been involved in this kind of warfare where I have had that result, I didn't get it from my intellectual remembering of Scripture. The Holy Spirit took me over and gave me the words to say. As if to say, now, Zeph, learn, learn, learn. Learn, learn. At the same time, don't lose your fire. Don't use your 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 warnings. Yeah, don't lose your 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 uh, your your vigor. Don't you lose your, you know, pointing out what they do that's evil because what no one else will. But see, like on a day like today. Every talk show host in the world's talking about how they're shutting off all the resources. So you don't need me to go into like, well, in Alabama here, they just uh, derailed a train. I mean, you know, unless there's something that's really affecting us like that, the, the, the closer thing to talk about would be that they're beginning to come out with the warnings of get your COVID shot, get your flu shot, and they're starting to really push it, you know. And I think what, what some people are saying is that you know, this uh, lockdowns are right, right around the corner, right around the corner. But this time, they're, they're going to be, you know, policing, you know, street by street by street by street. So, uh, you know, because there's going to be, you know, contagion or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm so sick of it that I, I just, uh, I feel like I've seen this movie a million times. And... You know, it's I, I have a hard time believing in, uh, you know, the uh, celebrities are, uh, you know, taking this uh, point of view against the against their own fans. It's hard for me to understand, but you know, it's there's so many th- things going on now. It's we're really getting an education on, um, you know, on the on how things could be double double. You know, like they, they don't make sense, then the opposite doesn't make sense, then the opposite. They could do two opposites, but they really mean the evil one. You know, they could appear good. Like you know, they like they say, Satan appears as an angel of light. They could appear as angels of light when they're not. And so many of us say, oh, Elon, oh, he's here to help us. You know what I mean? Things like that. Say, oh, pastor, thank you so much. And, you know, it's it's hard to really test by the fruits because uh, sometimes there's fake fruit. Sometimes there's, you know, deception. And so with that, we are come to the end. Try to make sure my back is... All right, Ben, you're going to get your way. All right, folks.
Thank you so much for praying for me through that ordeal. And, you know, um, I'm hope, I hope that we, even though we fumbled through this, uh, <laughs> we fumbled through this little lesson today on returning good for evil. But that's, yeah, that's exactly, you know, in the past when things were victorious, that's exactly the way it had to be. And that's the way it's got to be now. And I want to take it one step further and say that that kind of programming, that good for evil thing, was already, it's already in me. Because intellectually, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. I get the, the intellectual, the scripture, and the, you know, I remember it, remember the words. I know the sentiment. I understand. But it's in my, it's in my soul to be that way. You know what I mean? Just when things are really, you know, really bad, you know, to, to, to be that way. Because I've done it several times. And, um, you know, you'd, you'd think I'd remember so I could have it for next time, you know, and, and, uh, cause I can, I can, I can take the other uh, attitude of, um, these are horrible people. These are horrible thing. They shouldn't get anything. We should punish them. It's a blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly the opposite. So, you know, I can intellectually blow it, but when my life is pressed up against the wall, I automatically go into that good for evil thing. It's almost like in like a survival instinct, but God put it there, and I've used it many. I've I, not I've used it. The Holy Spirit's used me to to prevent my. Uh, well, you know, it, it, you sit there and think intellectually. Who are these people to tell anybody that you know they deserve to be here and you don't? Who are they to tell us anything? You know what I mean? Who are they to to, to you know? You to be the you know the world's policeman. They don't own this place. Satan's a tempor- temporary uh, usurper, and the accuser, and the opposition. He's 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 you know his days are numbered. So they have no standing. What they have is brute force and numbers. They got lots of people. Lots of hive. In other words, lots of stupid people that follow the hive. Because if you're intelligent, you, you cannot be hive-minded. If you're intelligent, you can't really be hypnotized. If you're intelligent, you're not going to take the jab. If you're intelligent, you're, um, you're here as God's witness. You're here to watch the movie of God and to report back to God, okay, here's the movie of God, or to participate in it. You're not here to uh, be you know, like them. <laughs> and I will uh I will uh see you next time. I'm uh I'd sure like to play a song here that's that's uh that's uh you know that but it's licensed material and um and I wish I had that clip of that synth, but I just don't have that right now. And uh but I will have some well, I just went back into the studio, and then I'm also trying to write this book, trying to do all these things to get, get everything done. Almost as if there's a hurry. Gee, what would the hurry be? With the, what would the hurry be? See you next time. On target.
said it was. At all. Not exactly what they said.
I don't know that you can do when that. When they find out where you are, they will kill you. I understand, understand? he's beyond prosecution. You're being followed already. I understand. His name is Skiddo. Okay. He goes by the wizard. And the ball game.